Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Hello, Jeff Lynn. Lynn, of course, part of that traveling Wilbury band that we mentioned earlier with Royal Orbison and Tom Petty and Bob Dylan. Today happens to be Bob Dylan's birthday, the great Bob Dylan. He's a Brooklyn boy like my next guest, who one of these days is going to write a book about Brooklyn and include great Brooklyn people like me, like Bob Dylan, and maybe Woody Allen, too. He is the brilliant constitutional attorney. I love this guy. really do. Alan Dershowitz. Now, before we start talking, Alan, about all these law cases, I was just told a story that you were out for dinner not that long ago with Andrew Stein and Woody Allen, and Woody Allen literally saved somebody's life performing the Heimlich maneuver right there in front of you. Can you confirm or deny? Uh, I can confirm it. I was there with uh, Brett Stevens and with uh, Woody Allen and his wife, and suddenly Andy, uh, you know, he had a piece of pork. And God said, Andy, you shouldn't be eating pork. And it got stuck in his throat. And immediately, Woody started putting his arm around him and doing Heimlich. I ran through the restaurant screaming, we need a doctor, we need a doctor. Finally, two doctors came. They were eating outside. And by that time, the food had dislodged. And, you know, Woody was a hero, and uh, Andy was very, very thankful. And uh, I don't think that Andy's eating pork anymore. No, I don't think so. (laughs) That's funny. He's going back to fish. He's going back to fish. That's funny. Now, my friend uh, Noam Layden, who does the news, Alan, at this station, tells me that was not the first time. Noam, talk to Alan quickly. That's not the first time Woody Allen saved somebody's life. It's the, the third time, actually. He told me after that happened that... Actually, it occurred with um, with Robert Kennedy's wife at one point early in his life, uh, Ethel Kennedy, and then somebody else. So, you know, Woody is a, is a Heimlich guy. Alan knows how to do it. And if you're ever worried about having dinner uh, with somebody and you're choking, <laughs> have dinner with Woody Allen. <laughs> I'm just going to call for doctors. That's okay. Um, you know, but he he did the thing. He was sitting right next to his credit. He was sitting right next to Andy. I was way on the other end of the table, so I, I couldn't uh, have done the Heimlich. Uh, I've done the Heimlich only once, but it turned out to be a false alarm. The guy was just choking on his own, you know, spit that he he didn't have anything in his throat. But uh, Woody was a real hero, and uh, you know, Woody's a Woody's a an interesting character from Brooklyn. You know, you talk about Brooklyn, I have a trivial pursuit question. So I grew up on a block, 48th Street, 
on my block there lived Sandy Koufax, wow. Jackie Mason, um, uh, wait a minute, and uh, uh, Elliot Gould, and wow. me. And wait a minute. So they recently named the block after the most famous person who ever lived on the block. Guess who they named it after? It's between you, Gould, Jackie Mason, and Sandy Kopax, between the four yeah, of you? I, I left out the, the other guy. The guy they named it after was the Bubba Rebbe, the Hasidic Rebbe, who lives on the corner and has a big synagogue. And now the street that we all grew up on is not called 48th Street. It's called Bubba Boulevard. Oh, wow. In honor of the Bubba Rebbe. That is great. It was a great block. That is, that know, is a great mother, block. Hey, Alan, can I? used to say to me, Stay away from that Michigan of Jackie Mason. Yeah. Crazy. Stay away from yeah. that. Alan, can, can I take you back to the dinner table for a second? Because there's a big controversy here. You're saying that Andrew Stein was eating pork, but Andrew Stein was very adamant last night that he was not eating pork, that he was having veal. So can you ah, confirm that? I can't confirm it. I didn't taste what he was eating. <laughs> it was straight, it was, it was no matter what it was. It was straight. And you don't fool around with God when you're eating in front of lots of people. So uh, I think a- Andy said in an interview that he usually gets fish, but this time he decided to order me. That is funny. So I, don't, I can't certify the kashrut or lack thereof of anything that Andy ate except to confirm that something got stuck in his throat. Brilliant. We were, all very, we were all very nervous. We were very Of course. Uh, obviously, Woody immediately jumped into action. And, you know, people forget about Woody. He was a great athlete as a kid. He looks like a little wimpy guy, but he was a ball player as a kid. Uh, we, Woody and I have compared notes. You know, I played in Madison Square Garden. I guarded a kid named Ralphie Lipschitz, named Ralph Loren now. I played for Brooklyn Tomirko Academy. I was basically a sub. And uh, uh, Ralphie Lipschitz played for Manhattan Tomirko Academy. So I wasn't a bad ball player either. Oh, I heard all that. I know you love talking about this, and I love hearing you talk about this, Alan Dershowitz, a Brooklyn boy myself and the old memories. And, again, that is an amazing block, 48th Street. Wow. Uh, but there is uh, – we need to get to some of these uh, legal stories. I was actually on a television network with you. The exact time that the jury came back with a verdict on the E. Jean Carroll versus Donald Trump case. And we know, of course, that they wanted rape. That's all she wanted. She didn't get it. So they, they gave him the second charge on the list and some trumped up all these fines. And you would think, Alan, that a woman like that who went through such pain and torture all these years would be happy to put this behind her. But no, she hears Donald Trump call her a whack job on CNN. And now she wants more money. What does that tell you? Well, you know, first of all, she's opening herself up to a counter lawsuit because she has said publicly that she was raped by Donald Trump. And the jury found against her on that. She was very specific as to the nature of the rape and everything. She she didn't say I was just assaulted. She was very clear about the rape. And if the jury found she didn't, under her theory, which I think is wrong, under her theory, Donald Trump could probably try to countersue her on a false charge of rape. Look, I think any American has the right to defend himself against an accusation. I did that when I was falsely accused. I defended myself, and uh, ultimately the woman admitted after eight years that she may have mistaken me for somebody else, a case of false identification, maybe. So uh, you do have a right to defend yourself. 
and uh, she's piling on, and she may come to regret it. Although, you know, the judiciary in New York and the juries in New York are not particularly fair to Donald Trump. They voted against him, what, 87% of the vote. So it's very hard for him to get a fair trial uh, in Manhattan. And then the hush money trial came about again yesterday. You know, here's Joe Takapina preparing, and now they say, you know, we're going to put the trial on next March, right in the middle of primary season. So whether you like him or not, the president trying to gain that office back, and he really can't talk about this, he can't talk about that, he can't talk about this. Even that seemed like a very political uh, decide yesterday to me, Alan. Yeah, he ought to be able to speak about anything except material that's sealed. Any material that's sealed, and that would mean sealed from you and me, the press, um, that remains secret, although that's subject to challenge. But anything else that ultimately will be made public, he should have the right to talk about. He should have the right to defend himself in the court of public opinion, because that's where he's being tried. If you're being tried in the middle of the Republican primaries, and DeSantis is about to announce today that he's joining uh, the Republican group running against him. He's uh, having apparently an event with uh, Elon Musk, who I've also written about recently, because, you know, Elon Musk was falsely accused of being anti-Semitic because he told the truth about George Soros, that George Soros is a super villain and done so much harm for America, for Israel, for the Jewish community, uh, that uh, Elon Musk was right to call him a super villain. But, you know, lots of people in the news these days and courts shouldn't be imposing restrictions on what a candidate for a president can say about charges against him. Every American should have the right to defend itself in the court of public opinion against charges that he believes are false. I agree. And Donald Trump said all that on his uh, social media platform last night, of course, to social. So if you were Joe Tacopina or any one of his attorneys in this case, and uh, uh, Alina Haba will join me for the first time tomorrow. What um, what can you do about it? Anything? Well, you can. The question is, do you want to? Um, uh, he is permitted to speak under the court's order about a great many things, and maybe they're satisfied and don't want to rock the boat. Because if you take the case to the Court of Appeals, you take a chance, maybe they'll impose an even harsher gag order. So I don't know whether they're going to appeal or not. I think the focus really has to be on the case itself. The weakest indictment I have seen in 60 years of practicing law, and I've seen it all. I've seen it all over the world. I've defended cases not only in the United States, but in multiple countries. I have never seen an indictment as weak wow. and as questionable wow. as the one that Alfred Bragg uh, issued or the grand jury issued against Donald Trump in, in the, uh, uh, the case uh, involving the hush money. Never that, seen it. That is a big statement coming from you, the great Alan Dershowitz. So last night, I went down to uh, Judge Deneen's books uh, party. She had a book party. I love her. And um, in attendance with two gentlemen you know, Thomas Knipp and his partner, Stephen Reiser, they're still waiting for a verdict for their client, Daniel Penny, on the Jordan Neely situation. What do you think happens with that, the grand jury? What's going to happen in this Penny trial? Well, I think more information is coming out. We've had more witnesses come forward. Um, look, he did absolutely the right thing by intervening and trying to stop uh, this guy who had a previous record 
which he didn't know about, but a previous record of almost killing somebody with his bare hands. He did the right thing by jumping in. Did he do the right thing by holding the person around the neck for such a long period of time? That's a question that will have to be resolved uh, by the jury. He has put together a good defense team, uh, raised a lot of money in his defense, and uh, I don't think we'll see a conviction in that case. If you get subway riders sitting on the jury, they're going to say, I wish there were more people who would intervene. You know, when I was um, about uh, 20 years old, I came home for the Jewish holidays from law school, and my mother always gave me food to take home. She gave me a frozen tongue, a frozen tongue. I had the frozen tongue. And on the Canal Street station, somebody tried to mug me and steal my briefcase, and I hit him with the tongue, and he ran away. And my mother was the hero. Uh, you know, people kidded me. Oh, your mother gives you a tongue. Yeah, but tongues can do more than just be good food. They're a weapon. And so I used the tongue as a weapon on Canal Street. That is hilarious. So on the way out, uh, Alan, uh, all this uh, this penny stuff didn't stop Al Sharpton. I don't know what you feel about Al. I don't like him. Back to the Tawana Brawley days, he's a... As far as I'm concerned, a race baiter, a divider, he's a thief. He takes people's money every day for nonsense. Never went to Chicago once. Little black kids are getting murdered by black people, by the way, in Chicago every day. He couldn't care less. And he turned this funeral for Neely on Friday, his eulogy, into one big race hate. Oh, time and time again that Neely was black and, of course, Daniel Penny white. What are your thoughts on all that? if, If the racial situation had been reversed, if there had been a black former Marine who had accidentally uh, caused the death of uh, a white uh, uh, crazy subway person, we would have seen everything different. We would have seen AOC uh, try to defend uh, the black uh, uh, killer, uh, probably Sharpton, too. Look, you got to give Sharpton some credit. He recently got together with Rabbi Shuli Boteach to condemn the Palestinian pay-for-slay notion, saying he would do something about that. So I've always had mixed feelings uh, about about Sharpton. Hard to forgive him for the Tawana Brawley fraud, but uh, thankfully he's turned around a little bit on some of the Israeli issues. Okay. Uh, One person I don't have mixed feelings about, uh, uh, Alan, is you. 